All right, Rink Rat Report podcast. This is a solo episode, the first solo episode in quite some time. So instead of asking absolutely nobody, well, the walls are we recording, I'm going to do, yeah, here we go, because our Cowboys snuck one out. But that's beside the fact, and that really hurt my vocal cords. Today's episode, we're going to try to keep it short and sweet, and it's going to be about the goalies. The Leafs goalies, the situation right now is not ideal, I'll call it. Joseph Wool is injured. Ilya Samsonov just got put on waivers. He cleared waivers and is reporting to the Toronto Marlies. And in a corresponding move, the Toronto Maple Leafs have called up Dennis Hildeby. How did we get here? I had, because if you were to tell me, that January 1st, we'd be sitting here and the tandem is Martin Jones and Dennis Hildeby. And not because Samsonov's injured as well, but because he's on waivers. I would have, I, I, I would have thought you were a crazy person. If that was your prediction from the beginning of the year, I would have thought you were a crazy person. You are a sorcerer. You are in any sort of word. I don't even have a word really for it. But this is the this is just wild. How the heck did we get here? So let's back it up. We had Samsonov and Joseph Wool to start the year. Martin Jones cleared waivers, played pretty well in the preseason, cleared waivers. So Samsonov Wool. We I, a lot of people thought Wool's got a good chance to take the crease. How early? I'm not too sure, but he's got a good chance to take the crease because he looks like a good goaltender. Samsonov continued to shoot himself in the foot. Over and over and over and over again. And Joseph Wall continued to have good game after good game after good game. So Wall essentially became the starter. With Samsonov backing up, Joseph Wall gets injured against Ottawa. And Samsonov's, it's Samsonov's crease. He's handed it on a silver platter. Here you go. The Leafs call up Martin Jones, who has an 870 save percentage in the AHL at the time. So they hand Ilya Samsonov on a silver plate. Here you go. Here you go, Ilya. Here's the starting job. And he took it and slipped in the backfield and just some magically pulled out a gun and shot himself in the foot. He did not, he did not take it and run. He didn't, I can't even call that a zero-yard run. That's not only a negative yardage play. That's just it's in, it's crazy how we've the the downfall of Ilya Samsonov watching that is just crazy especially I'm seeing a lot of people go back to my video of his best saves from the playoffs I think it was or his best saves from game six actually it was and saying how did we end up here it's the mental game man this this, this position is what 90 percent mental 10 percent physical something of the sort there that's how you it's he's totally lost his mind, it seems like, but we'll get hit to him in a second. Now, so Ilya Samsonov has cleared waivers. Dennis Hildeby, Dennis Hildeby has been called up. What can we expect from Dennis Hildeby? Well, for starters, Sheldon Keefe has already made it clear he might start Martin Jones back to back in California. Because the Leafs have their California trip. They are playing the Ducks on Thursday, and I believe the Kings on Wednesday. I should have had this up. Oops, whatever. Doesn't really matter. It's, oh, the Kings tomorrow. Kings Tuesday, 
Ducks Wednesday. You'd kind of think if Dennis Hildeby were to get a game on this trip, it would be Wednesday against the Anaheim Ducks, who are not that great of a team. They're 13-23-0. So maybe we see him there. But there is a chance that Martin Jones starts back-to-back. So there is that, right? But if Dennis Hildeby is to play, what can we expect of him? What's his style? Who is Dennis Hildeby? The Hilda Beast, a 20-year-old fourth-round pick a couple of years ago who's having a very strong rookie AHL season right now. I believe his, save, his goals against average is like 2.2. His save percentage is 919. It's gone down a little bit, but he's still looking pretty strong in the AHL. Now, how will that translate to the NHL? Because we've seen... Garrett Sparks put up 936 in the AHL and then come to the NHL. And it was a bit of a rougher time. I'm not going to mince words. So I'm going to share my screen here. Hopefully it's not going to screw up too much. But this is what we can expect of Dennis Hill to be in the NHL. So he number one, he's a massive goaltender. Just like took a take a look at the size of this guy. He is he is huge. He is six foot seven. So he takes up a ton of net. He's about the size of Ben Bishop, right? So uh, he, he takes up a ton of net. So when he stretches across, he's covering a lot more net than the average goaltender. So with that, that's that's a pretty good thing right there. I do like I, I think he gets his feet set on shots, which I think is pretty important. Um, when your feet are moving, you have, you know, it kind of, it can easily put you off center. It can easily get you not square to the puck. Also, it's just a lot easier to stop pucks when your feet are set and they're quiet as opposed to moving. I see that. I saw that a lot with Elvis Merzlikens last year. I think he's cleaned that up a little bit this year, which is why he's putting up better numbers. And that's keeping your feet set. He does a pretty good job of that. So his strengths are going to, it's going to look kind of like a Ben Bishop-y style. Maybe even you could say like a Matt Murray. Matt Murray moved horribly laterally, um, but on one-on-one situations where it's him and the shooter, he was not bad. So there's that. I don't think Dennis is that great of a skater, and I will show that with this clip here. He's not, he's not a great skater. He's a huge, huge goaltender. Like Joseph wall, on the other hand, is a fantastic skater. Dennis Hildeby, you know, he's going to stay deeper back in his net. As you can see in this situation here, the puck is up here and he's still skate against the post on his goal line there. And that's so that if that puck goes across the ice, he's able to, he doesn't have to, um, cover as much ground as if, if he were to be at the top of the crease. Now he can get away with cheating being back in his net a little bit more than the average goaltender simply because he's six foot seven. Here's a deficiency of Dennis Hildeby's game though. When you watch this play, so the pucks up on the, the along the boards above the top of the circle there and I click play. And when he, that shot is taken because he's foot against the post, look when he goes down, Look how many holes get opened up. It's kind of an awkward position there 
He's able to make the save, covers the rebound. But then look at this situation here. This is where you're going to get caught going skate against the post deep in your net on plays along the boards. So that puck gets rimmed around, similar kind of spot. Robbie Urventi's going to walk in. Joe, Dennis Hildeby's not going to come out of his net at all. He's going to stay skate against the post. And he's kind of turning. He's not square here at all, but he's ready. If that puck goes to this guy over here, and hopefully you can see my mouse, if, he, if that puck goes across the ice there, he's going to—he's not going to have to cover that much ground to get square to that pass. However, this puck gets thrown on net, and it ends up in the back of the net. And why is that? Look when he goes down here, how awkward it is for him. Like if he were just out a little bit there and he wasn't, his skate was overlapping the post. That's a much easier save. So that is um, number one concern I have. Number two is when you watch, I wish I had it up. That's a big mistake on my part. When you watch rush plays against him, he stays very flat footed. And you can see that in this play here. Look, no recoil, no backing up. He's flat-footed in this situation. That means if that puck is taken as a deke across, he can easily get beaten, especially upstairs. Now, he gets away with it a lot of times simply because he's huge and he can cover the lower part of the net. But when you watch, so this situation right here, it's a breakaway, and he comes in, feet are essentially flat-footed. He makes a save, and easier to do so because you're flat-footed, your feet are quiet, you're able to stop that shot. But if that player deeks on you, it could be quite a bit of a challenge. And I'm trying to think of some... I know Ilya Mikheyev has scored a goal against Nico Dawes, where Dawes was flat-footed, and he just put it right around him. So that's a concern for Hill to be in the NHL there. He can easily just get dipsy-doodle. Like Imagine Trevor comes in all alone on him, and he's flat-footed. Could embarrass him. So my last concern with Dennis Hildeby is his reads. I don't think they're at an NHL level yet. These are all saves in this video here. Um, there are some plays that essentially he doesn't foresee the play unfolding the way it does. He he needs to work on that part of his game. Like this save right here, I'm gonna show. It's a huge save. It shows like how big he is and how he's able to move decently, but his skating again is not very good. But watch this play here. The puck gets sent out front. His stick is not in the right position. It allows the puck to go through the crease and he's forced to make a huge save like that. If his stick is in a, is where it's supposed to be, he wouldn't have to do that. This is another huge save here. Just look how much Look how big he is. And look, it didn't take much and it, it wasn't moving very well. But look how much space that he just took up just by stretching across there. I'm going to play that one more time. Pass goes across. Boom. Huge glove save. So, how are the Leafs going to succeed with Dennis Hildeby as their goaltender? Well, essentially, what you have to do is you have to limit side to side plays, east, west chances you have to limit them he's pretty good i would say on shots where it's just him and the shooter so that's that's an advantage there he's gonna have to figure it out along the half wall there's nothing the leafs can do like what are you gonna prevent the ball the puck from going on the half wall like along the boards there 
Now, that's something he's going to have to figure out. So, and again, actually, if we go back there, he showed that that's where your stick is supposed to be positioned to pass if you're watching on YouTube. If you're not watching on YouTube, you're missing out. So, is Dennis Hill to be ready to be an NHL goaltender? I don't think quite yet. I think his reads need work. I think his skating still needs some work. And I think there's a couple nuances that he should figure out. He's playing very well in the AHL right now. The other goalies on the Marlies don't have the numbers that he does. However, I kind of like the Marlies defense. I mean, they've got some, some pretty good players there. The one thing I have noticed from like the three games that I've watched him so far this year, the Marlies give up a lot of, on him at least, they give up a lot of rush, like breakaway chances. So it's just him and the shooter, which he's fared very well. However, on cycle plays, power plays, like he, he's going to have to, you know, learn, watch video on what he should and shouldn't be doing. Right. So, like, for example, the one that sticks out in my head, there was a play against Grand Rapids. It was a backdoor pass. So it's it a great chance. However, he did not set himself up in a position to make that save at all. The puck came out from the far corner. It came to the, the top, uh, the face off dot and he just stayed in his butterfly. So when the pass came then back door, he had absolutely no shot. Now, if he was actually on his feet, like he was supposed to be, there could have been a shot to make a good save there, but again, not his fault, but it's kind of one of those things. You got to play a little bit better. So, can the Leafs win with Hill to be? I definitely think so. In the past, there's been times when the like teams have rallied around a rookie goaltender and they've kind of tightened up defensively and they try to block as many shots as they can. It's that extra little bit of juice. Think of Eric Schalgren's first two games uh, as a Leaf. I think they did a really, really good job of limiting, again, East to West plays and such like that. And I think they played pretty well in those two games too. Joseph Wall's first game against Buffalo. I mean, he gave up four. It was a bit of a shit show, but I don't think they played that. I think they tightened up pretty well in front of him. Just Joseph Wall didn't have that great of a game. Um, another example, I think of uh, Ben Scrivens, his first start that goes all the way back to 2013. But then you get into, well, this is not a guarantee. Casimir Cascasuo gave up a six spot. He got rinsed in his first ever start as a, and his first career NHL start. And it was with the Leafs. I don't know if you remember. I think it was November 18th, Pittsburgh Penguins. They lost like six, one, just no juice for the new guy. And that was his last game as Toronto Maple Leaf, which is very unfortunate. Another disastrous first start. You see Renus in 2012 gave up seven on 30 shots seven so don't worry casimir your <laughs> your six spots not the worst ever first start as a maple leaf or first start first career nhl start um i don't know how you would word that but that's okay um i think i had another oh garrett sparks that's another good rally round story for a first career start his first start he gave up 15 Shots. Now it was against the dog ass Edmonton Oilers at the time, which I think they they went on to finish almost near last place. But Garrett Sparks they had 15 safe shutout that that game. 
not bad. Rally around the goaltender. So like you gotta just fingers cross, hope and pray that it's the first career start is closer towards the Garrett Sparks, Ben Scrivens, Eric Schalgren point of the spectrum and not really the UC Renus, Casimir Kaskasuo, who are actually coincidentally both Finnish. So do do the Leafs hate Finnish goaltenders? My call. Well, luckily he'll to be a Swedish. So what to expect from him? He's not quite ready yet. He's big. Takes up a lot of net. Like he's going to play the style. I'm not saying he's Ben Bishop. Style of Ben Bishop, that slower, deeper in your net, take up a lot of net kind of style. Um, I can stop sharing. I don't know why I'm, we're just looking at my laptop there. But, yeah. It's um, it's going to be a bit of a grind. They really got to tighten up defensively. Now, I will say this with the Leafs as of recent. A lot of people are going to say this season. Defensively, they've been dog water. They've been bad. Numbers back it up, too. They've not been very good defensively this season. The last six games, the Leafs are 1-4-1, and one, right? They've the, All of the underlying numbers, though, have been better than the first 28 games this season. First 28 games, they went 16-6-6. Six, six. They had a 49% expected goals for percentage and a scoring chance for percentage of pulling it up right now scoring chance for percentage of 50.56%. Last 6 games, 1-4 and 1 this includes the Buffalo game which underlying numbers were terrible. They they were they were blown out of the building. Last 6 games against Carolina, Columbus. I don't know why I'm doing this on the spot. I really shouldn't have. I don't even remember. I think New York was in there. Uh, damn, that was a terrible performance by me. Who were the last six games for the Leafs against? I have it right in front of me, too. Great job, Joe. The solo episode's going fantastic. Last six games. Hurricanes, Blue Jackets, Senators, Blue Jackets, Sabres, Rangers. So now that I'm looking at it, four non-playoff teams. Well, three non-playoff teams, one that you played twice. Okay. But funny enough, against the playoff teams, he actually played okay too. So I'm okay to use these numbers. Last six games, one, four, and one, 52% goals, 4%, expected goals, 4%, 53.33% scoring chances, 4%. Now, here's where the difference kind of lies. You kind of pinpoint. So why are they one, four, and one? They're playing better. Why are they one, four, and one their last six? That's awful. That's terrible. What the hell's going on here? First 28 games, 5-on-5 shooting percentage was 9.41% at 5-on-5. 5-on-5 save percentage was 913. A PDO of 1008, which is just around where you want to be. If your PDO is very high, expect the losses to start coming in. You're not going to be as lucky. If the PDO is low, you're on the uptick. You're probably going to get some more saves. You're probably going to pot a few more lucky goals. The Leafs on this stretch have had a 7.28% five-on-five shooting percentage and an 880 five-on-five save percentage for a PDO of 953. Think about it. The New York game, three went off your own skates, right? The Ottawa game, 
A goal was scored from behind the net. Kind of shitty. The Blue Jackets 6-5 loss in overtime. You could not buy a save from Ilya Samsonov. You could not, you could have Dubai, Abu Dhabi money. You could not buy a save from Ilya Samsonov that game, it seemed like. And that Fantilli goal at the end of the game was just a muffin. Muffin, 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 man. And then on top of that, the Sabres game. The Sabres 9-3 loss. You had a combined save percentage. Oh, this is not good. I don't know why. Samsonov had a 737 and Jones had a 733 in that one. So goaltending has costed you, I would say, the Sabres game for sure, which the team didn't play that well. They probably deserved to lose anyways. Definitely the Columbus point there. Um, The Senators won. I'm hesitant to say that one. I wouldn't say so there really. So it's been an interesting stretch. You have six starts. The four from Martin Jones in that stretch, he's given you a 916 save percentage. The bounces have just not been going the least way this last little bit. I think they really need to take Simone Benoit out of the top four. He's a good kid. Block shots, fights, hits. He is not a top four defenseman. You have to put Lilgren up there playing more minutes. I know Lilgren's been turning the puck over a little bit, but he scored. Got to get him going a little bit. You got to put any anyone. Not Simone Benoit should not be in the top four, in my opinion. So that's one change I would make. You're going to start Martin Jones a lot more. So I think the Leafs' fortunes on this LA, this West Coast trip, I think are going to start to turn. Now, now that I say it, they're going to lose every game, unfortunately. But got to keep the faith. So talked about Dennis Hildeby. The next goal I want to talk about, let's talk a little bit about Martin Jones. He's been solid for them. He's been very solid for the Toronto Maple Leafs. When you look at his underlying numbers right now, his goal saved above expected per 60 is actually better than Joseph Wall's giving you. Pretty incredible stuff. 4.1 goals saved above expected in eight games played. I don't have a save percentage offhand right now, but it's pretty good. I might have to eat my words on Martin Jones. Said he stunk. Said he's not going to give you 900 hot, 900 save percentage hockey. Guess what? Through eight games, giving you pretty good numbers there. I don't know why he can't just find his regular save percentage, but that's okay. Doesn't matter. So what does Martin Jones do? He's big. He's a pretty smart goaltender. I like his. his I think his reads are not bad, and he's he's going to stop shots that from from you know. Stop Stop the shots that he should. Issue is with him is that he's slow. He's very, very he's slow laterally. So think a little bit, kind of like what you had with Matt Murray last year. Very slow laterally, but stop the shots on plays that are straight line, right? Like the game against Carolina, that pass across goal, a little bit slow on that one. The goal from Parker Kelly against Ottawa. A little bit slow on that one too. However, like are th- those are good chances that you're giving up. So Martin Jones has been pretty good. You limit the East-West plays, he's going to stop the puck, it seems. And hopefully this keeps going. But now that I've spoken into existence, it probably won't. I'm sorry. That's just the way that the universe works. Everything I say, the opposite happens. So I want to close this out. What has happened to Ilya Samsonov? 
the difference between that game six highlight tape I put up and what we're seeing recently. I'll take the Columbus game specifically. The one thing I'm, I'm like, I'm not seeing in that game six game. I'm not seeing perfect technique. I'm not seeing perfect composure because he swims. He was swimming then too. Always a swimmer. Ilya Swimsonov. The thing that I saw that was a lot, lot better was his ability to track the puck on point shots through screens, through traffic. He was tracking the puck very, very well through that. Against Columbus, he couldn't do that worth a shit. Couldn't Puck was going through the defense's legs. Didn't pick it up until it was in the back of the net. Terrible. Terrible. The other thing is how square he's staying. He's not staying and Oh, that was a bad one. He's not staying square to the puck. When you look at the goal, uh, it was the goal through the screen. I think it was on the power play against Columbus. It hits his glove. It's through a screen. It hits his glove and goes in. He was reaching out for that puck. If he just keeps his hands square and where it doesn't reach out and he just goes right across, I think he's fine on that one. I think he stops that puck because he w- he knew that it was coming. It w- he w- the puck was he was looking through the screen, and he had to go. Essentially, what you do when you're a goalie, I have to back this one up a little bit, is you look through screens, and if the player shoots to the other side of the net that you're peeking through, you got to kind of you're going through a blind spot almost, and you got to kind of get your head around the screen, and somehow. By the grace of God, you got to pray that you track that puck on the other side of that screen and you make that save. I think Samsonov did a good job of getting his head around the screen. He just didn't, wasn't really, he reached out for the puck. He kind of attacked it, and as a result, it hits his glove and goes in the net. Other plays. I like his, his composure has not been great, but it's never been great. Uh, his use of the RVH is not great, but again, it's never been great. I think he's just got to stay more square to the puck. When you look at, I think it was the second goal. It was the goal where Columbus came in. The pass, it was a good chance. The pass came through off the through the defenseman off the rush. It was tipped on net. It hit Samsonov, went up in the air, and went in. Why? Maybe he was a little bit deep. Sure, a little bit deep on that one. I don't think that goes in though. If he just stays square to the puck, if he just stays square, I, I, it feels like a confidence thing, like a little, oh, the puck's on, oh, ooh, ooh, like, oh, oh. If you stay square to that puck, if he stays square to that puck, it's going to hit him and go forward as opposed to up in the air, backwards, and in the net. I realize it was a, it was a decent chance. But did he make any good saves that game? There was 19 shots against through three periods in that game, and he gave up five. You cannot tell me that was a defense, that was a bad defensive performance. You know why? Because the goalie's supposed to stop something. He didn't stop anything, and he gave up bad goals on top of that. Defensive breakdowns are gonna happen. They happen every single game to the best defensive teams. There's a reason. You pay a guy to wear different equipment to stand between the pipes. He's been terrible. He's unfortunately seemingly lost all of his confidence. Will this waiver clearing help him? 
I don't know. Your guess is as good as mine. We can take the positive route and say, yes, he's going to come back from this. He's going to get called up and he's going to play well. Like there's no, there's no logic to like, think about this. Like if you were to like to predict or to analyze, will Samson off come back and be at least half decent after this stint with the Marlies? Cause it seems like they want to call him up. They want to get his confidence back. I don't think he's played his last game ever unless he goes down to the Marlies and gives up a seventh spot. I think that that'll be it for him. But I think the goal is for them to call him back up. Now, if you're an analyst, hockey connoisseur, and you're trying to say what your take is, which way Samsonov will go, there is no analytics behind it. We're all just kind of pulling our opinion out of our ass on this one. So you might as well put the pom-poms on and say, yes, Samsonov is going to get called up. His confidence is going to come back, and he's going to stop some pucks. Right? Nobody's getting hurt from you saying that. Nobody's losing their job. Maybe people turn off this podcast if I start saying that. But I, I don't feel right continuing to rag on the guy said my piece about that that's it that columbus game some awful goaltending we'll move on now we'll see what happens with the marlies i'm not sure if he's going to play a game or not but he's down there with them he's working with the the coaching staff we'll see what happens so in summation martin jones been good looked good i'm a little bit slow though Actually, pretty slow. Dennis Hildeby, even bigger, even bigger than Martin Jones. Six foot four, Martin Jones is dwarfed by him. Six foot seven, Dennis Hildeby, pretty slow, not fully polished yet, has some work to do. Not the greatest skater, but his big takes up a lot of net. And hopefully, he's going to make some saves against Anaheim. Ilya Samsonov is going to come back and he's going to play well. Knock on wood. He's going to come back. He's going to stop some pucks. So that's all I got for today. If you made it this far, thank you. I've kind of blacked out this whole time. I don't really know what I talked about. Sorry if you were watching on YouTube and we were watching the same screen of nothing the whole time. But uh, yeah, this has been, it's been fun. Thank you everyone for listening and go Leafs go.